Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of the Rise Up in Business podcast. And thank you for joining me again to hear what I've got to say to help you be empowered and rise up in your business. Today, I want to talk about something that arises often with my small business clients, particularly my creatives, and that is the topic of making changes to an agreement once it's been signed. And I see this very commonly with service-based businesses who have entered into a service agreement with a client, so a coaching agreement or most often a design agreement with a client, and then work starts and things change. So this is obviously not limited just to creatives, although I must say I really do see it the most with my creative clients. It's any service-based business because life happens, circumstances change, and people's needs and wants change. The question that I'm asked a lot is, if something changes, do I need to issue a new agreement every time? And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that because my answer to that question is no, you don't need to issue a new agreement every time, but... You do need to do some things and sometimes the changes may warrant a new agreement being issued. So let's dive into that a little bit now. So commonly the process for most service-based businesses is that there is a discussion with a client about the scope of works or the nature of services to be provided. So that's either in a discussion followed up by a quote or a proposal document or a fee estimate and then the client makes a decision. There can be some back and forth, but the client ultimately makes a decision. Yes, I'd like to proceed. And the business owner then moves to issue their business terms and conditions. And as you know, from listening to me for a while, business terms and conditions can also be your client service agreement, coaching agreement, design agreement, whatever it's called, depending on the nature of your business. So that agreement's issued and the terms are accepted and most commonly a deposit or an initial fee is paid. Fantastic, we're on our way. Then we get a little bit into it and for whatever reason, uh, for whatever valid reason, the client decides that there are some changes required. So that could be changes in relation to the nature of coaching that's being provided. It could be in relation to what services are being provided, if you're a web designer, a graphic designer, etc. Or if you're an interior designer and the client has started working with you and the project's gotten to a certain point and then they've changed their mind once they've seen things materialise and they've formed different views or they've taken your advice and considered an alternative fabric, for example, or a different positioning of something in a room. What do we do with that? So, of course, we want to facilitate that for the client, but we need to make sure that we're doing it consistent with protecting ourselves in our business and 
always making sure that the expectations of both parties in this relationship is crystal clear. So there's two ways. One is really simple and easy, and this is where I say email is your friend. So if a client phones you and has a conversation and there is an agreement reached that you're going to change something or you're going to include an add-on, the absolute best thing you can do for everyone involved and for your future self and your peace of mind is to flick a quick email off after that conversation. Thanks so much for the chat. Confirm that we've now agreed to this and the fees will be this. That's all you need to do because in the event of a dispute, and let's just hope that never happens, but we're always protected because you know my mantra, prevention in business is better than cure. If we ever get to that critical moment, that email that you've sent will be read hand in hand with the written agreement that they've signed. If your business terms and conditions or whatever you've decided to call it have been tailored properly for your business, then there'll be a provision in there which deals with changes as well. And it will actually say that any changes or amendments or variations need to be done in writing. And that just saves a whole host of issues, as you can imagine, when we get down to misaligned expectations, he said, she said, all the rest of it. So we just do away with all that by making sure that those provisions are in our business T's and C's. So then when we do have those conversations with clients and we do flick that quick email afterwards, just confirming what we've all agreed, that is the time where the client can identify if there's been a misunderstanding or if they've misunderstood or if they've miscommunicated something and you can iron it out then, there and then, without waiting until you've done all this extra work and then they say, oh no, actually that's not really what I meant. It's just those misaligned expectations and the communication not necessarily being as clear as what it could. So that quick email saves so much time and potential headaches because it's being completely consistent with your documents in your business, being super professional and outlining what it is that the changes are or the variation was and the fees. And then, of course, once you reach the point of having completed that work and you issue your invoice... Then if a client says to you, oh gosh, sorry, that's not really what I meant or that wasn't what I was expecting, you've got a beautiful written piece of correspondence to refer back to to say, well, actually, this is what we agreed. And that can diffuse a potentially awkward situation because that's the time where the client says, oh yes, gosh, sorry, my fault, my error, misunderstood, yes, of course, or whatever the case may be. And honestly, if the shoe's on the other foot and you've got something slightly off kilter, then you refer back to and you say, oh gosh, sorry, I've misunderstood that and it gives you a chance to really swiftly resolve the issue. So just by having that email there makes it so much easier to navigate through some of those potentially awkward and let's be honest, time-consuming situations with clients. So when we do have those changes and clients do want to make some slight changes or variations to the scope of the work that's been agreed, doing it by phone is A-OK provided it's followed up in a quick email because you will thank yourself later. The other option, because I did say there are two ways, is when you do need to issue a new agreement. Only sometimes, and it will be by your judgment, if the nature of the changes or the scope of the variations is significant enough to really fundamentally change the direction of what you're doing for this client, then in those circumstances, yes, it would be appropriate to issue a new set of business terms and conditions or a new agreement to properly capture exactly what it is that you are now doing. So that's a judgment call for you in your business. 
it can be an administrative nightmare if you're doing it all the time, and I don't think you need to. It doesn't serve the purpose. We want you to be able to focus on what you do best in your business, and no one wants to be spending all their time doing admin. And the test really is that, has the direction or the nature of the services that you've been engaged to provide shifted or changed so significantly that it warrants a new agreement? Because ultimately, we want to keep things simple. So we have our primary initial terms and conditions or agreement that has been entered into with our client. We have started providing services under that agreement. If there's a few changes or little tweaks along the way, we can absolutely accommodate those and we can just confirm in email along the way as we go. If though we reach a point where the changes or variations are so significant such that there really is a different trajectory here or a different feel or nature in relation to those services, then by all means, we can absolutely capture all that in a new, fresh agreement, send that out. That will be the current agreement as at that date. So that's the answer to the question which I get asked a lot as to whether you need to issue a new agreement or new terms every time a change is made. So no, you don't. Not generally, but if the changes are so significant that you think that it warrants it, then by all means, you should. And that's a judgment call for you because ultimately it's your business and you have a sense of what's going to be right. That's it for today's episode. I do hope that you find that to be of value. It is something that comes up a lot. Hopefully now you've got a better understanding of what you do and don't need to do when changes are being made. Any questions, by all means, reach out. That's what I'm here for. And I'll catch you next time. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website, tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.